Welcome to Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready to reshape your mindset and grow your solo cleaning business? Step into today's class with your guide, Ken Carfagno, so you can win for your family. Welcome back to the Solo Cleaning School. Are you ready for part two of our four-part series on setting goals? In the first episode, we talked about the why. And in this episode, we're going to go, why do we even set goals? But before we go there, it's time to tap into a Funny Papers edition. This one's called Crazy Glue. This one's not so funny to me, but maybe to you. In my third year of cleaning houses, I was asked to clean my landlord's parents' house. Awkward. You better do a good job for your landlord's parents. My only availability was Saturday morning, and I had to do it by 8 o'clock in the morning. I was hard at work, degreasing their kitchen, and this is an older couple. They had a lot of trinkets, a lot of things in the kitchen. So this normal-sized kitchen with all of the things piled up took me around two to three hours to do. And that was only the kitchen. I still had the bathroom and the rest of the first floor. This house ended up taking me the entire day, and I only got done one floor of it. Now, the parents were great people. We had lots to talk about, so it was entertaining. And there is still the kind of walking on eggshells to make sure that I did a great job. I wanted to make my landlord happy because he was also giving me a deal, a couple hundred dollars off the rent. So when someone giving you a hundred dollars off the rent asks you to do some extra cleaning for his parents, you say yes and you do a great job, which I do a great job anyway. So obviously I wasn't getting paid for this. This was something I did extra, kind of a little bartering in a sense for rent. So I spent the whole day cleaning and tiptoeing and picking up so many breakables. The average house might have 500 things you move. This one had 5,000. That's exaggeration, but really it had a ton of things. Anyway, I get to the end. It's about four o'clock in the afternoon. I've been there all day. I've worked myself from room to room to room. I am in the back. I guess you'd call that the maybe the sitting room, the, the living room, but really it was just a, a room with some couches and a lot of things piled up and I'm cleaning as much as I can, dusting, and I pick up this old antique globe, you know, the kind that would go to an antique lamp. The globe, probably about 20 inches in diameter, all glass. I pick it up. I'm cleaning it with the glass cleaner. It looks perfect. It's sparkling. I put it on a table behind me. I continue cleaning. And before you know it, crack! I turn to the table. I put the dome on. It had slid off onto the floor. Not a carpet, but hardwood. And my heart dropped. And I brought the broken antique to my landlord's parents like a little shy puppy. Whoa, whoa holding the pieces of this dome. Oh, I felt terrible. It's an irreplaceable family heirloom. I spent all day cleaning and impressing this family, and at the end, I'm at the one-yard line to finishing. I break an antique heirloom, probably three generations handed down. Oh, I felt terrible. So I asked, is there any way I could just take it home with me and try and glue it back together? I mean, what else could I say? I can't replace it. They weren't happy, and they appreciated the sentiment, so they reluctantly agreed. I remember at this time, I was a new cleaner still, And I was just trying to make it better. If this happened today, I would just say, I'm so sorry. Let me file a claim and we'll try and get you some money for this. I'm very sorry for your loss. But I attempted my best to put this thing back together. So I took this globe back home. And probably two nights later, on a Tuesday night, let's say, I'm on my living room floor with crazy glue, the crazy gorilla glue. That stuff is amazing. And about 19 pieces of glass 
and I'm playing a jigsaw puzzle, figuring out what parts go where and gluing this one and holding it and waiting 10 minutes and gluing the next one. It took me about four hours of gluing this sucker back together. It was like, I mean, not even the greatest detective could have solved this jigsaw. It was impressive when it was done. There's like one or two small little missing pieces, but the globe was back together. I brought it back to the parents' home and I just said, I did my best. I spent four hours gluing this back together. I know it's not the way that it was unbroken. I just wanted you to know that I tried my best. And I'm, again, I'm so sorry. They took it and they thanked me for the effort and they said, don't worry about it, Ken. It's just a piece of glass. And I said, I understand that it's it means a lot to you and your family and I'm very sorry. And we parted and we remained friends and the my landlord wasn't upset with me. He kind of joked like, I, I heard you broke the dome <laughs> and then you tried to fix it. I said, yes, sir. I did my best. And so in some ways I earned some trust and some respect, but in others, it's just sad that that happened. And I'll say this, I'm not sure where that dome is today, but I'm guessing it's probably at some museum for modern abstract art because that thing, <laughs> let's just say that you could tell it was glued back together. All right. Well, I'll tell you, the tough part in doing these funny papers and then sharing a podcast is trying to come up with things that connect between what's funny that I've done in my past or other cleaners have done to a relevant story. This one's not easy, but I'm going to take another stab at this. We're going to be talking about why set goals. Imagine you've got this big dream and you're taking care of your dream like I shared with you in the last episode and then you drop it or someone tries to steal it. And your globe falls and shatters into 1,000 pieces or 19 pieces. The crazy glue that you need are your goals. That's what can put the pieces of your broken dream back together so that you can make a whole one. Now, maybe it might look like abstract art and fragmented, but at least it'll be whole. How about that? You like that connection? I don't know. I think it's a pretty good attempt. All right, let's move into this episode now. Let's dig into some tangible numbers. Because in the first episode, in the why, the dream, the pilot light, those are things that are intangible. The five whys, peeling back that onion, it's they're intangible. How do you put some kind of a measurement around that? How do you track what's intangible? What's the crossover from the intangible to the tangible? And that is the goal. So let's talk about why set goals. There was a famous Harvard business study done, and I'll share the numbers here. This is astounding. I love numbers, and this tells a great story. 83% of people do not set goals. That means there's 17% that do. Of the 17% that do, 14% do set goals, and they succeed at 10 times the level of the 83% that do not set goals. It gets better. That's 83 that do not, 14 that do. They're 10 times more successful than the 83. There's 3% left. Those 3%, they have goals. And they write them down. Would you believe it? The ones that have goals and write them down are three times more successful than the ones that just have the goals and 30 times more successful than the 83% that do not set goals. This gets even better. Many people have heard this study. I'm going to take this the next level down. In a separate study, of the 3%, imagine this, of the 3% that have goals and write them down, 40% of those 
Never go back and look at them. Hey, I got my goals. I wrote them down. I'm in the 3%. Checkbox, ticky mark, been there, done that. 40% of these people do that. Never go back and look at them. Thus, only 60% of the people that write their goals down or 1.8% of the total population. So under two out of 100 have a goal, write them down, and go back and look at their goals that they've written down. Those people, the 2%, they succeed at an astounding rate compared to the others. This is how you get into the upper echelon of winning and setting goals. Do you need further proof than that? There's a statistical study that shows that two out of 100 have goals, write them down, and run with those goals. I'd like to share with you a wonderful Bible verse that is also another illustration of why goals are important. Now, even if you're not a person of faith, this is in, from the Old Testament, and it's from the prophet Habakkuk. And this illustrates why goals are so important. And this illustrates the 2%, I believe, wonderfully. Here's what Habakkuk says in verse 2 and 3 of chapter 2. Then the Lord answered me and said, Record the vision and inscribe it on tablets, that the one who reads it may run. For the vision is yet for the appointed time. It hastens toward the goal, and it will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come, it will not delay. I just love that verse right there. It's ancient wisdom from thousands of years ago that still holds today, and this Harvard Business Study proves it. Now, if I break down this scripture, it says, record the vision and inscribe it on tablets. Record the vision. Again, in, a little bit later, it says, it hastens toward the goal. So the goal and the vision is what he's talking about here. So record the vision or goal. So first, have a goal and record it. And then the prophet says, and inscribe it on tablets. Well, they didn't exactly have computers back then, and they didn't even have paper, so their way of writing it down was a chisel and a block of stone. So there you go. They took a chisel and a block of stone, and they wrote their goal down. So now the prophet's telling everyone to join the 3% that write it down. And then the prophet goes on to say to the next level, he says, for the vision is yet for the appointed time. Now you're going to be getting into the smart goal part of things. The T in smart is for time bound or having a deadline. And then it finishes like this. It hastens toward the goal and will not fail. Though it tarries, wait for it. For it will certainly come. It will not delay. So we're talking about this goal or vision. Okay, it is, it, It's not going to be easy to achieve. But if you can make it through the tarrying, it will come. It won't delay. So the prophet here is giving us some advice. Get a goal or vision. Write it down. Make it clear. And then he's saying to run with that vision. The one who reads it may run. Run with that vision. That means look back at it. Separate yourself from even 3%. Become the 2 in 100 and continue to set yourself apart. This is great advice and it matches the Harvard Business Study. So there's two references, Harvard and the Bible, that both say that having a goal, writing it down, running with the goal will set you apart. So have I convinced you yet? I hope so. Now the last part of this, I want to get some thought process out here. There's a book early on that I read in my entrepreneur's journey, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. 
you just look at the title of the book, Think and Grow Rich, it doesn't say work your butt off and get rich. It doesn't say clean a ton of houses and get rich. It says think. Thinking precedes our actions. Napoleon Hill talks in this book a lot, the power of our thoughts, that thoughts are things, and they hold power, that thoughts will indeed precede our actions. Those actions will precede our feelings, and it's a cool cycle, because if we don't enjoy something, we're not going to want to do it, meaning we think that the way we feel precedes our actions. But in essence, our thoughts are the very first piece. The thoughts start the cycle. Positive thoughts will create positive actions, which will create positive feelings, which will create more positive thoughts and more positive actions, more positive feelings. So when you don't like doing something, you have to think about liking to do something and take action as if you like to do something. And then you will actually start to enjoy it and feel like you like something. It's a great book and it helps you mindset how we can use our brain to how they were designed to be used. So how does that apply here to goal setting? Well, think of it like this. Many business owners are in a reactionary mode, meaning something happens and they react. Something happens, they react. And they go day to day, week to week, year to year, reacting to what outside influences do to them. It's very similar to the first episode of why, the why in having a pilot light and inspiration versus having to use a match and having outside influence of a match to keep us internally motivated. Same thing here. You've got outside influences causing you to react to situations and you're not using the, your brain the way it's designed. Now, yes, you're using it and you're creatively thinking your way out of problems and that's an essential skill set. But what about the other part of your brain, the untapped part that it's meant to be used proactively to think and grow rich? Our brains are designed for this, to be proactive. So what if we did this instead? We control our thoughts. We set our own goals based on our own dreams, visions, our why. We set our goals around that and we take proactive action toward achieving our goals. And these proactive action toward our goals will lead to positive feelings about the actions we're taking will start to get more excited about doing these actions. It leads to more positive, proactive thoughts toward our why, and the cycle continues, and our brains can go into a different mode. Instead of setting our brains up for reactionary mode, we can flip the switch and set them on the default for proactive. Now, yes, reaction will come, but what if our minds... We're 80% proactive, 20% reactive versus the other way around. How much more could you get done? How many more goals could you actually set and achieve and get somewhere next year versus staying where you are? Is this hitting the nail on the head in your life? I know it does in mine. Although I'm teaching this stuff, it doesn't mean I've always done it. I'm just as guilty as you are. Okay, I'm no saint here. I need to change this in 2020. Trust me, I'm, I'm on the same path. So let's wrap up this episode here because this isn't the end of it. I've proven to you that you need to have a why. I've proven to you that you need to have goals and that goals becomes the tangible bridge between 
how to get what you want and why you want it. So in the next episode, we're going to start diving into the SMART goal framework and the power of having accountability around your goals. And when you start to see that the SMART goal and the accountability is the next level you will see how you can quickly rise to the upper echelons of goal setting and achieving them. How would you like to be where you want to be in a year? Well, that will happen if you take this level of proactive approach. I hope you do it. I hope you see the value in in this episode here today. And I just thank you. Thanks for coming along this journey with me. Have a fantastic week. Thank you for listening to Solo Cleaning School. Class is dismissed.